They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Welcome to the Two Bald Pastors podcast, a podcast where we talk about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which we like to call the ELCA. Today we have uh, two very special guests with us, the band Lost and Found, Michael Bridges and George Baum. Welcome, guys. So glad to be here. Glad to be here. So we want to just get started um, at the beginning with, with you guys. So uh, your backstory, how did you become Lost and Found? Or are you still looking? What's your backstory? <laughs> you know, we never really wanted to, we never set out to have a band. It was kind of an accident. We, we sang together in high school basically for something to do. It was just a, an activity for us. And um, then at some point we started singing at some churches and some youth gatherings and one thing led to another. And before we knew it, we were, we were doing this. But there never was a time where we sat down and said, hey, we should have a band. <laughs> We right, just, you know, we just found it fun to write songs and sing them for people, and then um, all of a sudden, twenty nine years went by. Well, just in the blink of an eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, hey, give me my years back. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'd go, you know, we'd we'd sing it at church. So it all kind of started when we rode our bicycles around the country. Mm-hmm. Rode our bicycles from New York to St. Louis to Miami to San Diego up to Seattle and back to New York. It was about eight thousand some miles on bicycles. We'd stop along the way and play concerts at churches, colleges, high schools, and okay. camps. Then, when we went home, people would call us and say, "Oh, you sang at our church. Come and sing at our statewide youth gathering." Yeah, right. And then we would do that, and then we'd sing at statewide youth gatherings, and people would say, "Oh, we saw you at statewide youth gathering. Come and sing at our, you know, seventy fifth anniversary concert." Or, or youth groups especially would say, "Come and sing at our church." Then we would, and then we'd sing at a church, and somebody else would see us and say, "Oh, you should come and sing at our youth gathering." And then we'd. One thing led to another, and we ended up, um, we, I guess we've probably played, played around 5,000 concerts. We've wow. been to five or 600 youth gatherings over the years and enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. And now you're near the end, so when did you decide that this would be the last tour? Uh, yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Once you come to Gardner. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we just knew we had to get to Gardner now that we had to. Uh, it was... Um, it was like the summer before this year, so I guess there wasn't that big it last summer, right? Um, yeah. So not this past summer, but a year ago summer. Um, we just realized that, like, we were still playing good concerts, and um, we wanted we wanted to be done while we were still playing good concerts. That's one thing, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you want to be in charge of saying we're done, as opposed to people going, "Hey, guys, you should be done." You should hang that yeah. up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we felt, you know, like so that's good. Like we go out, you know, on a good note. Um, but then also, have we ever had a good night <laughs> tonight, man? It's gonna be great. Um, so that was part of it, and then also part of it was um, we we figured like at some point we have to be done with this. You, we can't you you know though we could play music till we're you know like ninety, we couldn't do this kind of travel. Mm-hmm. And so like you know we got to be like fifty, and we started thinking like at some point we have to stop this and do something else. And it's easier to transition into something else, you know, early fifties than it would be. 
early 60s, late 60s, you know, like, <laughs> it's hard to get a second job at that age. Yeah. So, it was hard yeah. to get work in the late 60s. It was, yeah. <laughs> a lot of more people had jobs in the 50s. Right. Yeah. In the 60s, That's yeah. my Lately, sense people ask us, like, you know, what kind of band we're in. We're like, yeah, hey, we're in a 50s band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we so, stuck it this too long. We'd be in 60s bands yeah. eventually. <laughs> I mean, I would like to stick it with, with it until we could be a 70s band. That would be good. Because <laughs> we would enjoy 70s that. rock. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to learn to play better, though. Yeah. Like going ten on. minute yeah. solo. Well, we probably never make it to an eighties band, which would be fine because I don't know any eighties. <laughs> I only know early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Gave up after that. And we could probably make it to the early eighties. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Yeah. I don't think there was music in the nineties. No, no, no. Stop after the eighties. It was a brief. And then since then, nothing. No, right. there's uh, right, nothing or um, hip hip hop. I guess is the hip other hop. word for that. Hip hop. Hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And though it exists, we don't listen to it necessarily, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so, so like those two things, and yep. then also um, we realized like um, we wanted to be able to tell people like you know if you've been thinking about booking us, this would be the year to do it. Like because I think a lot of people like you know we just keep coming back to towns over and over and over. And people sure. say I don't need to book them at my church because they'll be in Chicago five more times next year. You know? We go to places right. so many times that people think we live there. Right. Yeah, right. Always yeah. Ask you for directions. Sure, yeah. yeah. We, yeah, we right. play in Chicago. People oh, you guys, what church you guys go to? Or where do you guys live? They think we live in Chicago. Right. Cincinnati. They think we live in Cincinnati. Minneapolis. Almost every town. This is played in our favor. That has. Right? Right. <laughs> We're locals. <laughs> so um, so then like we, we realized like, if we controlled this and said like, you know, like got in front of it and said, we will do this for one year. And if you want to book us, book us. If you want to come see us, see us. And it's like, it's sort of like to, to have a start of that and an end of that made it very clear, like, we actually are going to be done, you know, as right, opposed right. to, hey, whatever happened to those guys? Like, you know, we've been announcing for a year now, we're on the farewell tour. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it's kind of like anybody who cares to know, knows. And so, that yep. you know, and that's kind of what we want. Yeah. And prior to just making the decision, and during the year, George and I have talked about this thing that someone recently told me is called the recency effect. Um, and that is how you sort of remember a thing the way it last was. Mm, sure. um, and so it's great to be able to remember Lost and Found as um, this last year, which has been a great, great, great year. So we thought rather than slowing down and then being done, and then remembering Lost and Found as being slow, <laughs> limping, limping, <laughs> exactly. Um, we thought it'd be great to just really, you know, fire it up and have a great, great time. Have a great year. We played more concerts this year than we've played in the recent uh, five or so years. Wow. Um, each year, and um, and this is the way we'll remember it. It's yeah. uh, playing a lot of concerts, meeting a lot of people, going a lot of places. And then we'll feel exhausted. Not sleeping a lot. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be like, whew, thank goodness. Uh, thank goodness Glad that's done. done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so my last flight, yeah, I've, I've flown 126 flights this year. But wow. it's because, wow. because I live in Cleveland, mm-hmm. every flight begins with a connection to a hub. You know, so I like, yeah. I never get a direct flight. Yeah, sure. So it's like, I add on, so every trip I fly, it's like four flights automatically, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. like quickly adds up and it's like, that's yeah. a lot of flights in a year. <laughs> yeah, it is. Exactly. And, and the airlines, well, like, the airlines used to give you perks. Not so much now, but I've kind of realized the main perk is not having to travel. 
Yeah. So I'm That's looking right. forward to that. That's great. I want to achieve yeah. the status <laughs> of not having to travel at all. Feet on the ground <laughs> at all times. Although yeah. you guys are still going to do the Germany trips, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we'll always yeah. have Germany. Yeah. So That's the, what they say. So <laughs> want to tell us a little bit about that? Just what so you've done? And the Germany trips we call the Luther 500 Festival. And it's, um, it's, a, it's an event that kind of observes the 500th anniversary of the events surrounding the Lutheran Protestant Reformation. Right. So it happens in Wittenberg, Germany. In 2017, it'll be three different weeks. In previous years, it's been one week a year. 2017, this being the actual 500th anniversary of the nailing of the 95 Theses, we're um, going to have three weeks of the festival, uh, May, July, and October. And what it is is essentially, uh, the way I would describe it in the briefest possible way is that it's like a week of family camp in Germany. Wow. Great nice. historic locations. Yeah. So we have morning devotions and evening devotions, or what we call morning prayer and night prayer. One is in the historic castle church, and yeah. one is in the historic town church. And throughout the day, there's all kinds of interest centers. There's recreation, servant projects, historical and educational and theological stuff, and museums, and day trips to castles and um, other cities, the monastery where Luther took his vows, the church where he was baptized, all kinds of fun stuff. And it's in Germany. Yep. <laughs> so it's super, super fun, and we hope, um, we hope that we can host up to 1,500 people in 2017. Wow, that would be great. That'd be very, be very exciting. Yeah. Not at one time. No. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that town, would overwhelm it. The town can't handle it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In you can't handle the people. <laughs> I was there for a couple of weeks. They have a uh, bring a Lutheran who speaks English pastor over. Oh, yeah. The Wittenberg English Ministry. Wittenberg English Ministry, yeah. Sure. So I like your name better. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> more it's more technical. Right. Bring a pastor who speaks English. Bring a pastor who speaks English. It's a really long acronym. Which is very German of them. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it was wonderful. We loved the the uh, town and yeah. just kind of getting to blend in a little bit over some time and mm -hmm. doing some of those side trips. Yeah. And um, yeah, we loved That's it. That's great. How long great. were you there? Three weeks total. Three nice. weeks. Two weeks doing that and then another week just to play. Ah. Really cool. So it was really, really great. And people that go on your trips are from all over, right? It's not all, just all over the world. From, yeah. Yeah. Mostly United States and Canada. Yeah, that's great. Mm hmm. Yeah, the largest group we ever had was from Canada, right? I mean, 26 people or something? The largest individual group? Yeah. Yeah, that might have been the group from Alberta. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. That group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been doing this for a long time, and... Uh, what are some of the things that have really stood out to you over the years? First, I mean, like, you know... The funny thing is, like, normally when someone asks that question, we say, like, oh, that time we played in Gardner, right? Yeah, oh, right. right. But, you know, to be honest, to be honest... It's the Plain. time we played in Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> close. Very close. Um, but Hammonasset. Like Hammond, that youth oh, gathering yeah, in Hammonasset. Yeah, yeah. um, which is right in this region, for those who don't know. Um, that's one of the better things we've ever been to. Where it's just like people doing their thing and getting together. So, like, you know, like you're having a great time during the day. And part of that great time is getting together and having, like, a worship service and a concert. And, like, you know, what, like, it, it just really is a great event. And we've always loved playing that. We've played that on three or four times now. Always yeah. great. Um, so that's one. The other that we've already talked about, like Germany. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful to play in Germany for a lot of reasons. One of which is, um, as Michael always says, like when we go to Germany, we look around at, you know, how things are and we go like, that's where my grandmother got that. You know, mm -hmm. like, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The geraniums, right? Like, I mean, all these things. Sweeping the sidewalk. Like, you know, like that's hard with a... That's what you do. Scrubbing yeah. the sidewalk, right? <laughs> um, so like, you know, there's that aspect of it. And then just like, it's a whole different culture. You know, like, and so much of our own German heritage is obvious 
when we go there. And we realize, like, it has shaped us without our having been there in a way, you know. And then mm -hmm. to go there, you can kind of, like, see the evidence of it. Mm -hmm. And church in Germany feels a little more like church felt maybe when we were kids and certainly when our parents were kids. And one thing I think would be great when people come to the Luther 500 Festival is to get a little sense of that, what church could be like in this way. Um, when the congregations in Germany have an event, mm -hmm. everyone comes to it. They just come to it. So you might be a toddler, you might be a senior in high school, or a senior citizen. Everybody comes. Mm -hmm. So we play a concert, and it's a wide variety of an intergenerational crowd. Yeah, that's great. Here in the United States, people send, tend it's to target. kind of yeah, target and mm -hmm. segment and they say, you know, this is for the 14-year-old boys. Now, it's not for the 16-year-olds, and it's not for the girls, yeah. that kind of thing. Or this mm -hmm. is for the, you know, parents in this situation or whatever. Um, and that doesn't feel, like that targeted stuff doesn't feel like church. You know, it feels a little like social services or something. But it doesn't really feel like church. Um, so it's great to have that intergenerational experience. Yeah, and the, the downside of that good thing is... Um, we, we, there's one church we were at where they like it's this tiny little building and they said like you know they're they're so packed on Sunday they can hardly fit everybody in there and like you know what are they gonna do like because there more people want to come and we were like you know why don't you add a second service and they said well everybody would just come to that too like you know <laughs> <laughs> they open the doors of the church and all the people everybody come, come. Right. yeah no right. matter what they're doing right right, right. and the right. Germans get the slinky song do they understand yes. the concept okay well slinky is a German word yeah. so. <laughs> it was originally spelled S-C-H you know? oh, yeah. slinky yeah. Yeah. but then they dropped the C at some or, yeah the C <laughs> the C-H right yeah and um, when we play there when we play like regular concerts we have, we have a friend who he like rents a van he rents some sound equipment he sets up the tour and like we just go over there and he like he does everything, everything. except yeah. play the song right? right okay so including like he has translated our songs into german and he projects the lyrics like on the wall and then oh, also yeah. translates when we talk in between so michael's talking between songs and our friend is like you know translating it into german you know which sometimes right. is hilarious because the puns don't necessarily work yeah, right. and, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> and we always try to have some jokes that will make him laugh. Yes. <laughs> they're just they're just throw him off his game a little bit. Yeah, they're yeah, right. only right. funny to him. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Intentionally use the wrong word. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that we uh, hope to talk about on this podcast is kind of where real life and real faith intersect. Um, you guys are on the road a lot. What's that like for you in your faith life? How do you stay connected, or what uh, inspires you along the way? Well, I think it. You know, I, it. Whenever I think about that question, I, I, I put in mind of something like um, people ask about, um, you know, a, a prayer, for instance. You know, uh, you, you might you might meet some, especially teenagers. You meet them, and they'll say, um, you know, I I pray every day, or I pray at this time, or I pray at these specific moments, kind of thing. And at some point, you know, one realizes in one's faith journey that you're always praying, right? So the the scripture writer says. Pray constantly. Pray without ceasing. Yeah, right. And it's in that sense, it's it's almost as our if our lives are prayers, right? So what we're doing right now, we're doing this in the presence of God. Yeah, right. And this is this is prayer. And I think a lot of times, you know, people have the sense of, especially young people, have the sense of God is sort of like you know connecting to the internet. You know, let me log on to God. Yeah, sure. Okay, I got him. All right, say the things you want to do. You know, communicate, communicate. Until you you know you log off by saying in Jesus name Amen. Now you're logged off. Now you're not online. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and now you're somehow somehow not communicating with God. Uh -huh. Right. Well, in a similar way, 
um, are sort of you know the intersection of faith and life. There's there, it's it's almost like connected parallel lines. It's just one thing. So it's hard to say like here's a moment where faith intersects with life because faith and life are together. Yeah. So when we, I, I would say you know as soon as we get in the van to travel at a concert, mm -hmm. this is faith being played out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and on some real simple and obvious levels, um, we have faith that when we get to Faith Lutheran Church in Gardner, Massachusetts, someone's going to be there and say, oh, we were expecting you. And they're not going to say, psych. <laughs> um, so, the, you know, there's that sort of thing. But then you back it up. Uh, before we ever get in the van, we're already on this faith journey. And before we even book the concert, come to think of it, we're already on this faith journey. Mm -hmm. And so from the very minute we began... Um, well, in our case, you know, riding bicycles down the driveway to head off into some westerly direction, it was a it was a, it was a step of faith, and we've been taking those steps of faith for twenty nine years. Yeah, and go to the land where I show you, kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it also puts me in mind of um, you know, when Jesus says, "You are the salt of the earth; you are the light of the world." You know, the salt and yeah. salt and light thing. Yeah. He doesn't say go and become these things. He says you, you are. You are them right? already. Yeah. So, you know, like people are always saying, you know, Jesus calls us to be light. And it's like, no, Jesus calls you light, right? Yeah. yeah. Jesus calls you salt. Like, he doesn't call you to be salt, right? So in a similar way, like, you know, we feel like we are living out this prayer as opposed to like, you know, like I don't remember to fold my hands, you know. I mean, yeah, that's part of that it too, obviously. Right. But it's like if your whole life is a prayer, then, you know, you're constantly, as much as you can be aware of it, you're in the presence of God. But you are always in the presence of God, right? Right. Yeah, so there, there really aren't these moments where, um, you know, we're living by faith. And then, because if we say, here's a moment where we're living by faith, the implication is there are moments when we're not living mm -hmm. by faith. Right. That suddenly we're like, oh, no, never mind God. Got it. Got it. So you're good right now. I'll probably be good for the next five, six minutes, possibly a day. I'm going to check in with you later. Exactly. <laughs> right. when, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just... Um, it's a con it's a constant sense of um, uh, faith in life. That's what it is. Yeah, and you, and you also see like the other end of it. The um, like you know, when you are in dire straits, you know, suffering, nervous, what you know, like something makes you think like you know, uh, you know, help me, help me, help me. Like it's not like God wasn't listening until you did that. You know, what I mean, I'm, in a sense, like that's where you get to this idea that prayer is about changing us. You know, that it's like right, right, as opposed to changing God. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I think a lot of people really kind of separate those things, though. They, they say, yes, yeah, right. I'm going to do my church thing, and then right. on Monday I'm going to do my life thing. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, our hope is to help people bridge that gap and say, yeah. the church thing is your life thing. Yeah. You know, right. your story is connected with God's story. Right. And, and that connection is a very I think one of the thing, thing is, you know, when, when kind of this sense of, I don't know the technical terms, George knows much better than I do about, you know, technical church terms and that kind of stuff, but... <laughs> there's something having to do with you know, giving up a sense of um, of pietism so that God can be welcome mm -hmm. when we're um, we're drinking beer and we're with our friends God's welcome yep. you know yep. Right. Yep. God welcomes us and welcomes all of us and we're all there together it's not like oh man I was having a great time with my friends and stuff like that but then I had to stop so that I could have a faith experience <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> going on a faith journey now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and as long, you know, when we kind of relax that constraint and, and welcome God into our, our lives, like God welcomes us, mm -hmm. um, and we welcome one another, we realize that it's all of a piece. 
yeah. we're all gathered in the presence of God. Um, yeah, okay. and, and, and beyond that, like when you say, like, you know, God's big enough to create the world, the universe, right, and all of us, um, but God's not big enough to see me when I, whatever, you know, right. like, I mean, yeah, like, sure. as, as though, like, you know, God could handle all this stuff, including dying on a cross, right, but God couldn't handle seeing me when I'm with my friends. So <laughs> right. Sorry, God. Sorry, God, I pulled up. I'm pulling the blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and for some reason, you know, especially young people, grow up with that that model of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. That there's God That's time right. and there's non-God yeah. time. Yeah. You're not acting like a Christian. You're not acting like, you know, like... Whatever know. that means. Yeah, right, right. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Right. right. You're not acting like a person redeemed by Jesus, right? Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. And we see it reinforced at youth gatherings a lot, where the speakers act as if there are kids who are in mm. and kids who are out. Uh, kids who are with and kids who are without God. And somehow... This weekend experience is about getting kids who are without God to be with God. Mm-hmm. When, unbeknownst, I guess, to the speaker, those kids have been with God the whole, the whole time, time yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, as yeah. is the speaker. <laughs> you know, as, as we're, you know, as we're, we offer up a prayer that, you know, the speaker will recognize that God loves people and, and loves the speaker. Yeah. Despite anything. You know? <laughs> Even what yeah. the speaker says. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's easy. It, it seems like it's easy for people who happen to be um, strong and physically fit and um, uh, maybe, you know, courageous. Moral, moral upstanding citizens. Or moral upstanding mm-hmm. or, or smart or something like that. Whatever fits their sort of um, particular set of skills somehow seems to be what God wants. <laughs> you know what I mean? For you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right, a godly approach to your finances, your you know, makeup, your right, like exactly. Like somehow God has a plan for all of those things that are different than what you are now. Right? Yeah, yeah. And if you just do these things, God will accept you. God will right. love you more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's you know, when you we think about youth gatherings. We've been to so many. You think about getting all those precious, beloved kids in a space, and they've given up time to do. They've they've. They've given up the kind of the opportunity cost to do something else, right? And they've come to the hotel, and they're the ballroom, they're together. And they have their hopes, and they're ready to receive whatever. It's always such a shame when then the message is, you know, behave. Or, you know, um, here's a list of things you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, I mean, we have such, we have such bigger things to say, and mm-hmm. so much more to proclaim, and talk about, and celebrate as a church as opposed to um, the sort of, um, now we're going to talk about dating kids, you know, and then, right. I yeah. mean, you know, um, God's love is so much bigger than um, dating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I saw a guy, he was talking to these kids, I think it was Kentucky, but, you know, the speaker, it was, it was, it was um, other denomination, I don't remember yeah. what it was, but um, uh, so, but the speaker got up there, he's like, all the, it was, I think it was junior high kids, too. And it's like, uh, and his point was, all right, you kids, you know that your grandma, your grandma thinks that you are the greatest, the smartest, the best, the, just the joy and precious wonder of the world. But you know you're not. 
you know your grandma. So it was an esteem yeah, boosting. Exactly, time. right. Really? Like we thought like, well, it's so great that he's building the kids up like that. And it's like right. and he's gonna say like God thinks of you like your grandmother, right? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. God no. thinks of you right. <laughs> yeah. The point was, no, you're nothing like your grandmother thinks. You kids. Yeah. Kids in your hip hop music. That's when we decided to retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you guys talk about your friendship a little bit? Just uh... we're not friends. We just work together. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. We do know each other. Actually, it was just uh, last night or whatever night it was, we were playing a concert. The host asked if uh, he could introduce us, and we we're like, we've we know each other. Go way back. We've met. Right, we've met. Right, right. We've Thanks. known each other for a long time. Yeah. 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 Okay. No introduction necessary. <laughs> Please. So we uh, we met when we were like fourteen. <laughs> it's like our parents kind of knew each other and my parents invited Michael's mother to a 4th of July thing in the backyard and okay. Michael's mother brought him mm-hmm. and then we met and then over time like we you know we'd see each other at church see each other at school and um you know we found out that I play piano and he plays, plays guitar and we like some of the same music so we started getting together like to jam in my dining room or whatever and like that's kind of how it started and then eventually moved into writing our own songs um playing other people's songs and stuff like that, which turned out to be faith-based songs. This is like before there was a thing, like the Christian music industry. You know, right. It was just mm-hmm. like, there were only like a couple of people out there, like Larry Norman, Randy Stonehill, and a couple others, and, and us, though nobody yeah. knew who we were, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not that people know who those guys are necessarily, but we did, right? So, and then we just started like, um, yeah, so then the career thing, we already talked about that. So, and we just, um, probably like the biggest cementing thing in our friendship was the bike trip. Because it was just the two of us. It was before there were cell phones. There was no support vehicles, just the two of us on bikes. And that was the real start of, like, if we're not getting along, I can't go hang out with my other friends on an 8,000-mile bike trip because there aren't any. Right. right? So right. we just had to, like, I think that was probably, like, the pressure cooker of, like, we need to always figure out how we keep going because yeah. the other option mm-hmm. is, like, we're just two guys riding individually on bikes. <laughs> right. We don't talk to each other. It's sure. just like, you yeah. know. And, and we kind of, over the over time, developed so many similar interests and also kind of um, like a shorthand language also. You know, there are lots of things that we can refer to that we know about, but no one else was there to kind of experience them or we experienced them so much. So that kind of shorthand language and that kind of... Um, you know, between the two of us, we remember a lot of things. Right. One of us might not have that memory, but the other one does, and they can kind of bring it together. You know, and so that kind of stuff. That's very. Uh, that's very bonding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Not to mention playing songs together. <laughs> oh, you do that yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Every once in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and write songs together. Yeah. Right. I mean, just yeah, we just have a lot of history. Right? Yeah. Which is the sort of, you know, it's one of the unknowns going forward. Like, you know, right now I'm like, you know, yeah, sure, you know, like we don't necessarily have to hang out. But that's because we see each other, like, all the time, you know. Right, as it is now, I live in Los Angeles and George lives in Cleveland, Ohio. Right, but we're together a lot, you know. So, like, and there was a time, I think, like, two years ago in May where, like, we didn't play at all or something. There was, like, a whole month. and um, But then, you know, in June we were back together again. And so it's like, like we haven't gone a long time without, yeah. like, being in touch. So... We'll see what that's like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We may find we have to have weekly calls. You know. All right, so. <laughs> Just a support group. <laughs> exactly, right. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. podcast. Exactly. Right. Actually, this is only the second one we've done in person. The other ones we do via Skype. So we'll have oh, somebody yeah. on from someplace. And then the two of us, since uh, Joe lives up here in Gardner and I live in Southern Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we get together that way. Oh, cool. So, cool. Mm-hmm. 
So moving forward, yes. what do you uh, expect to do or have any plans to, once, you, uh, once this year ends? Uh, well, okay, so one thing to point out is like what we're really, what we're doing, what we're stopping at the end of this year is making a living by touring. Mm-hmm. Right, so like we haven't given up the idea of we might still write songs together, record some albums together, take the occasional gig. Yeah, great. what we're not going to do is like this constant like you know year round touring. Right. So I mean, it really is like we're stopping, but it doesn't mean we're not doing anything together. Right. That said, um, I will. I have been looking for um, um, church employment, which is you know how we say it in Episcopal Church. Right. I'm getting a <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. The call is to the priesthood, but I'm looking for a job. Yeah. Um, and so far, nothing in my town has really come together. And, um, the, you know, the, the stopping point is coming up real fast in two days where, like, we, <laughs> so, um, so I've, I've, been, I've, been sending, yeah, exactly. so I've been sending out applications and, you know, a little conversation here and there. Hopefully I'll be working in the church in January. That's Fortunately, we finish, We get done on a Monday, so you'll have six days. That's right. That's right. To find your job, you know? At least we're not ending on a Saturday yeah. night. Oh, <laughs> Scrambling. Oh, wow. Need a job in four hours. <laughs> I have a sermon. Where am I giving it? Come right. on, people. <laughs> Magic hands. Yeah. Well, it's interesting for George is that he's ordained in the Episcopal Church, um, right. which has fellowship with the LCA. Yep. So there's there's more opportunities there. Right. Yep. yep. Right. Definitely. Of course, a lot of those opportunities are not in your neighborhood. No, they're not. <laughs> That's right. Or they're yeah, they're really small in my neighborhood. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, you know, churches like it varies wherever you go. Like the, the size and the you know, the number and all that. So right. I mean if I happen to live in Boston, there are a lot of Episcopal churches. Yeah, you know, right, like, right, I right, bet right. I'd find a job. Right. Yeah, but yeah. I live in Cleveland and there aren't <laughs> a lot. So And then there's the exigencies of making a living. So, I mean, both of us would be happy having probably a thousand different jobs. Mm-hmm. There are so many jobs that I would really, truly enjoy, um, but they wouldn't necessarily support my family. Mm. Yeah. Um, as well as being in a Christian folk band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rolling in the devil. <laughs> Right. So fortunately, it's kind of a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> Cook at Denny's is probably out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't. I'm looking for something that would be uh, that would bring together, you know, the experience of 29 years in a band, and also my interest in. Um, uh, high tech apps and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> Those go the music. Well, hand in hand. The music industry. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for something that would combine church with um, you know investments on Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to apply to Trinity Wall Street. <laughs> Trinity Wall Street. Exactly. Clearly. <laughs> Well, one story I think we really like to hear is, you know, one of the things that I think Jeff and I have in common with, with George is uh, that we are follically challenged. Um, <laughs> and ordained. And ordained. Right, right, and ordained. Right. Three ball pets. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Michael, what's your secret? That's what we Yeah, that's what we really want to know. <laughs> um, I never went back for my senior year. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got the MA. Yeah. yeah. So you got the MA. So I, I did the CPE. I did my internship, but I never went back for my senior year. There you go. So that's, that's why you still have hair. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to keep a little bit of it. <laughs> You've written a lot of songs. You play a lot of songs. Are there 
uh, songs that you'll be like, yeah, I'm so glad we don't have to play that song ever <laughs> again, or uh, one that that uh, well, you, you know, really like that. One of the advantages have. we have, uh, um, I don't know if you know who Raleigh Martinson is. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. speaker, author, professor. Yeah. So Raleigh Martinson, like we were talking to him about that idea, this idea that um, as a band we can decide like. I no longer believe what I wrote in that song when I was 15 that we recorded, and we just don't play it. Like yeah. it just goes away, right? As an author, Raleigh Martinson said, like once you put that out there in a book, it's, it's out, out there, there right? forever. There, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like we we do have this advantage of like things that we don't necessarily agree with anymore that we once said, mm -hmm. we can just like let them go away, you know. So there are songs where if someone you know, it, thankfully none of those are like you know songs that people want to hear all the time. But if people came to concerts all the time and asked for those songs, we'd be sunk. Because we'd be like, all right, well, listen, we're either going to change the words or have a big disclaimer before we sing this song. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there's there's some advantage to that. So that, for us, it allows us to keep kind of current the ones we like playing, that we think have a good message, and that the people enjoy. You know, So mm -hmm. we have, like, probably 180, 190 songs by now. And we're able to pick, like, you know, among the top 20 we pick like 15 to play a night and that's yeah. it's great you know I mean, it's a great um it, it it's a privilege and a great blessing to be able to do that whereas if well okay here's a good example the violent femmes they have the reverse of this right so their their big famous album is one that has like you know all these i, I love the album don't get me wrong but they they can't get they can't play a concert without playing songs from that album mm -hmm. and they've you know since that time Gordon Gano has had a serious sort of like you know coming to Jesus kind of thing and he goes to a Lutheran church in Denver actually <laughs> and um but it's just funny like they still have to play those songs yeah. like we you know, when we were first starting out nobody knew who we were so we have this album of songs that we'd be like glad we don't have to play those you know? <laughs> yeah I probably have that tape laying around my house somewhere <laughs> <laughs> great I don't think there's any songs I don't think there's any songs I'll get tired of uh, I'll you know, be happy to stop playing. I mean, I, I like all the songs every night. And in fact, um, you know, we sing Oh Them Lions every night. Yeah. It always feels a little bit different, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's all, you know, we watch the people. We always keep the lights on the people so we can see them. And what I'm thinking about is how the people are receiving the song much more than I'm thinking about how I'm delivering the song, as right. you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I think that if we were more performance-based, kind of turn out the lights on the people, put all the lights on us, you know, um, so that we're kind of feeling uh, like we're alone up there. You know, I, I don't know sometimes how the bands do it, where they are in the spotlights and the people in the dark. Because it just feels like you're in a closet. Mm -hmm. It's completely mm -hmm. dark. Um, I think if we were like that and we were just focused on our performance, we'd get tired of playing the songs. Right. Because all there would be is the song. Okay. And, yeah. You know, three minutes long and 29 years over and over and over and over and over again. But it always feels different because it's a completely different view from the mm -hmm. stage and different look on people's faces people or reaction they have to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's, there's this other thing. I was just telling someone about this the other day, but... um. Someone asked Billy Joel if he could start a playing piano man. And he said, like, you know, okay, look, this couple, like, they pay, you know, 50 bucks for a babysitter. They, you know, put on some nice clothes. They go out for, like, a $150 dinner. They buy $60 seats to this concert. They come out. They spend their evening. They sit down. He said, I sure as hell am going to play piano man for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's that side of it, too, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, like, 
if the people want to hear the song, like, it's an honor that people know your songs. And yeah, sure. if that's what they want to hear, like, who are we to say no? You know, I mean, right. so there's also that side of it. Like, like when people want to hear a song, it's an honor to play it. You know, that, I don't know. That's, that's an important part of this, that, and yeah, and then there's also that, you know, Spicoli moment in um, Ridgemont High, where he says, like, you know, my time, your time, our time, kind of thing. So, like, when we're playing a concert, it's not people watching us have our time. It's like, we're all having this all time together. together. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, So, even if the songs are the same, yeah, the visual changes, the, the, the energy and the vibe and the, what people appreciate and stuff changes every night, I and mean, it's all... Yeah, it, it keeps it fresh and new, even if the songs are exactly the same. It's a totally different concert every night. Right, you know? right. And the songs are yeah. never exactly the same, because we don't remember them that well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I, I feel the same way how, how, how preaching is, too, because it's what we're doing together. I mean, I'm the one mm-hmm. that's doing most of the talking at that time, but mm-hmm. um, it is about that interaction with the people right. that are there. Yeah. And uh, you're interfacing with them. Imagine if you had to deliver your sermon to a dark room. Yeah, right. With, pounding spotlights in your eyes so you can't see anything at all you would just wonder like can you hear me right right. anybody out there just on did you all leave (laughs) (laughs) no idea and there are bands that go through that every night right they just play you know like we've played larger events like in the the dome kind of events um, especially the nighttime in the basketball arenas and that kind of thing um, they darken the room they put spotlights on the stage and now we know that's part of the thing we have to do it there sure um but, I mean, it feels like we're just in a closet. Right. Just standing yeah. there. Yeah, because the yeah. lights are so bright, the monitors are so loud. You can't hear the people, you can't see the people. You know they're out there because you just saw them before you got up on the stage. But yeah. And the, the distance between you and them is yeah. great, too. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. So you're just, like, doing your thing, and then you find out later what the people thought. Yeah, what... Yeah. <laughs> How'd I do? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you guys think of me? <laughs> How'd that go? Well, that was you. <laughs> I think, you know, um, overall, when I think about, like, ending Lost and Found after 29 years, or at least ending the touring part of it, I hope what people kind of remember is that we, um, we um, you know, proclaim this unmerited love of God, the, the everlasting love of God, and that we proclaim the gospel in a way that made people feel welcome instead of excluded. Um, and that um, we treated people the way we we honestly feel about people is that they they are a part of the kingdom yeah, and there beautiful. isn't this strange separation of some are in and some are out but that um, everyone is in even those who don't think everyone is in are in are in exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. hey well thanks for having us here. thank oh, you thank, thank you, you yeah, so this much. Really great. thanks for thanks. taking time yeah. with us and uh, we look forward to tonight too so. cool awesome us too all right all right well, Joe, it was fun having Lost and Found with us. We actually have uh, been to the concert now, so it's uh, we're post post the whole day with them. It's been uh, a great time. Yeah, I was so thankful that they were able to come to uh, Gardner to play uh, a concert here at the church, and it was a kickoff for their final weekend of uh, touring. So as many of you know, and we talked a little bit about in in the interview, uh, Lost and Found will no longer make touring and producing CDs their full-time jobs anymore. They will be getting some other uh, ventures out there. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be maybe recording new songs or popping up here and there, but it was a really, really great concert, and I was uh, thankful that they were able to come and be with us. So how did you like the concert? Well, I loved it. I saw them uh, 
I think I mentioned in the interview, I'd seen them at the National Youth Gathering in 2006. So that was a, you know, just a packed house, of course, of, you know, tens of thousands of people. And I had also seen them in a, another church, kind of like how we experienced uh, at Faith and Gardner in Simsbury at a congregational church uh, years before, too, for a Christmas concert. I just have the sense with them, I mean, they're they're the real deal. I mean, they are just, they've got uh, not just good personalities and good music, but their faith is, is just, it's very genuine and sincere. And I get the sense just being with them that, I mean, it's not a show, it's, it's who they are. And I also get the sense that, you know, if it was five people in a room or 50,000 people in a room, you wouldn't get a better or worse effort. I mean, you, they, they want to be with whoever's there uh, as, as present as they can be. I get that sense. Did you experience that, Joe? Yeah, I've seen them a uh, number of places. I saw them at Hammonastic growing up. Um, I saw them in college. They came to, to play at Luther College a couple of times when I was there. And they played when I was in New York um, at Syracuse University, part of their campus ministry. So I've seen them a number of times, and it was a packed house, you know, and, and just a more intimate gathering. And they did give the same effort and energy in, in their performance and the care and compassion that they that they did um, in each concert was, was phenomenal as well. One of the neat things, though, is uh, about a month ago before uh, the concert, I was received this phone call from a youth director in the Midwest, and he has this green fuzzy hat that was present at a number of concerts that Lost and Found has done. So this green fuzzy hat actually has a Facebook page, so we'll post a link into that, and you can see all the places that it's gone and a picture of of uh, first Jeff wore, you know, you wore the hat, and then uh, my son... Uh, yeah, Logan, Logan he was, yeah. yeah, he wore the hat during the concert, and it made uh, in the song Slide Girl, we'll post a video of that too. So it was kind of a real neat thing um, that this this legacy of this hat has gone on. And, and who knows where the hat may end up. I, I've heard it's popped up at a couple of uh, other concerts uh, as well. So you can follow that adventure along. And just I think that just goes to show what Lost and Found has been about for so many people. It's not necessarily just a concert, but it's a community and and um, people really care and get into to this experience that they've had when they when they go to see them. So, so yeah, they, have a, they have a nice uh, personal side to them. I mean, in the way that they interact with the crowd when they're gathered, uh, they actually ask people their names. And uh, like you said, with Logan, with Slide Girl and the Green Hat, I mean, he worked in both of them, they worked a number of people into the that song at the end, which is just fun. It, it tells you they're, they're present. They're not just uh, going through the motions or getting it done or making a job out of it. It's, it's they're, they're having a good time too, and they, they want to be present with the people. I yeah. actually uh, had an experience where I was listening to one of the songs, uh, their new song, Rise Up With My Daughter, and uh, I had... Uh, Facebook messaged Michael that I had done that and we were singing it in the car and he uh, replied back like oh that's so great it's so fun to hear you know people singing our songs and uh, you could tell he was actually touched by it it wasn't just like oh yeah whatever you know it was, it was cool yeah so, yeah yeah good guys I enjoyed uh, being with them very much I did too and and I'm uh, thankful that we were able to talk to them as well so you know, during our conversation, what are some of the things that uh, really kind of impacted you or some of the things you experienced in our conversation with them? Uh, for me, what I really enjoyed about our conversation, uh, you know, at, for doing this podcast, one of our emphases, or if not the emphasis that we're trying to talk about each time, 
is where faith and life come together, where they intersect, how they uh, flesh out in people's lives, and including our own. And uh, Michael especially had a very nice way of talking about them really being the same, that they're really not any different, uh, that your faith and your life, you know, we tend to separate that out so often and segment things in our lives. But uh, they really do work together, um, more like two threads that are forming a rope or something like that, maybe as an image, but just kind of how it all, they're intertwined in such a way that we really can't separate them out. I, I like that a lot. And to maybe start thinking that way and talking that way, um, you know, maybe faith can be more of an integral part of, of how we conceptualize uh, the way we live. Yeah, and and that the way that he talked about it too was a little different than I've really kind of thought about that fact that and and some of the examples that he gave in in how, you know, it's not like we go we go to church on on one day and say okay, I'm done with the God thing or we right. we when we prepare for something it's not oh yeah, well, I'm going to get ready and do the God thing now. It's it's we're always connected to our faith no matter what we are doing. Yeah, even the way he talked about prayer, uh, you know, we think of prayer as the words or prayer as the time we're taking or, you know, now it's time to take a moment and just kind of uh, acknowledge God's presence or something like that. But to just kind of say, well, if our whole lives are a life uh, that's lived in prayer and in conversation with God, uh, for me, at least what I was thinking about then is really the word amen is kind of irrelevant. I mean, you just kind of, right. you know, it's it's not never over. You just, you're kind of always in conversation with God and um if we can kind of hold that out in front of people and uh, think about that for ourselves personally, I think uh, it's just it's a helpful helpful way of, of thinking about it. Definitely. You know, and I, I've really reflected during the conversation, the concert, and even since then uh, about uh, just the fact that they've been doing this for such a long time. And the way that they started was not, hey, let's get a band together and, and go out and do this. It was just... Uh, a really natural thing and that's what I think you know a lot of our callings is sometimes we try to force something but if it becomes a, n- a natural thing and if, a God-given thing then I think um, you know it takes time and energy and effort to to be successful and they put a lot of hard work into it um, but it's also a, a natural thing for for them to receive their calling and and yeah, just their story from where they started to you know how they are ending. They're ending intentionally, um, and they're giving back to so many people uh, what they have received over the years. So uh, that that was really kind of a neat thing to talk with them and to have them reflect a little bit about their experiences during their ministry as Lost and Found. Yeah, it was really good. So they're they're going to be done touring, but I don't think we're hearing the last of Lost and Found. They still have a. Uh website. It's uh, speedwood.com. And one of my favorite parts about that website is if you scroll down to the bottom and look at the definition of what Speedwood is, I think you just get a nice sense of their humor right there. Yeah, yeah. It's worth uh, just pointing people there. So you can still do that and you can, uh, they have a lot of uh, music you can purchase and uh, be a part of still, uh, even though they're not touring anymore. So uh, that's kind of a, they've got a nice living legacy uh, that continues. Yeah, and next week, next Tuesday, uh, the 29th of December, they are having an online concert. 
So if you've heard about Lost and Found, um, and if you've come to this podcast in some way just to just to have an experience of who they were, if you want to see them and what they do, you can log in. I think it's $10 for a ticket to watch their online show, and you can see them uh, live for the very uh, last time as touring musicians. If you want to experience something else, so one of the things they talked about is their Germany tours. Uh, so they will be playing during that time, and they bring a lot of the musician friends over uh, to Germany to play and have devotions and to sing and fellowship with. And you can uh, find more information about that at luther500.com. And another thing they did, and we were part of it, we didn't really plan on it, but it got to just be part of the day uh, with them as they uh, were filming kind of a, a video of kind of their last tour. And... Uh, some of the footage taken was of the four of us having a conversation. So hopefully that'll be out sometime soon and we can see what we look like on the screen, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> big screen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be in every every corner market, uh, big IMAX you can imagine. No, but uh, for those who like Lost and Found, I think that'll be a nice uh, story that I'm sure they'll, they'll craft as to the, the final tour of what that was about. So it was fun to be part of that a little bit. Well, you can uh, get a hold of us. Uh, we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Two Bald Pastors. We also have a website, twobaldpastors.com, and you can get in touch with us, twobaldpastors at gmail.com. And uh, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas um, and uh, Happy New Year as you begin that, and hope you've enjoyed this episode and others. Uh, don't forget to uh, log into iTunes or Stitcher Radio or point your friends there. Thank you, everyone, for supporting us in the first couple of months that we've been doing this. We look forward to many, many more episodes. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. This has been Two Bald Pastors, connecting real faith and real life. Take care, everybody. Bye. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. One thing at the beginning before you guys came in, we were we were talking and going over questions, and Joseph, <coughs> you know, Nika's out there with the camera, and he said, "Well, I hope hope we can get through the butterflies," and I thought, "Oh, well, these are great guys. We'll have a nice conversation." And then he said, "No, the butterfly stickers on the window." <laughs> 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 it was one of those fun moments. I, yeah. I had to share. <laughs> no, I literally mean the, yeah, the, the butterflies, butterflies on the window. On the window. <laughs> It's good. Try to avoid the butterflies. <laughs> and you definitely don't want those in your stomach. Right? No, no. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm.